In this episode of the Team Superdad podcast, we talk reinventing yourself, feeling great every day and creating strong bonds with your children with former music exec, now fitness and nutrition expert, Cootie Mac. Roll theme. Welcome to Team Superdad. Real dads creating their best lives ever. More time, more money, more fun. You are not alone. You're on Team Super Dad. Welcome to the Team Super Dad podcast. It is great to have you here. I'm Johnny, the founder and creator of the Team Super Dad community and the Hero Academy program. Welcome. Uh, how did you find us? Have you been before? Have you subscribed more to the point? It would be great to uh, make sure that you don't miss out on an episode by subscribing uh, on whatever podcast service that you use if you're an apple user well of course come on over and give us a lovely review that would be fab um just hit the subscribe button and um, we'll make sure you get all this good stuff every every time of course each week we do the wrap up which is our more funny uh piss take two dads fixing life so you don't have to um, and you can be sure to get that uh, actually more often than these uh, these value add conversations, which is what this is. Oh, by the way, if you want to be part of the Team Superdad community, our irresistible uh, free community for modern dads, then just go to teamsuperdad.com forward slash group, teamsuperdad.com forward slash group. And we would love to have you there as well. It will make sure that you get all the early birds and don't miss out on any offers from our guests and partners as well. Today's episode, as I said in the pre-roll, is with an awesome guy called Cootie Mac. Cootie is is from Nigeria. Well, his parents are from Nigeria. He was born in Scotland, lived in London, then moved to the States where he's lived in Washington, Atlanta, LA. And I think he's discovered the, uh, the... Secret to eternal life because he reveals that he's nearly 50 and uh, and he certainly looks a lot younger than that, which he puts down to juicing. As you know, if you're a regular listener, I I love my juicing myself, but Cootie sets me straight on uh, on putting fruit in my juicing. So, oh, things you learn, eh? Things you learn. But at least I can eat an apple still. Uh, reinventing yourself is so important. Not because what you're doing right now is is wrong or bad or crap, but we only get one life. And if you're at a crossroads, if you've been putting up with something that ultimately isn't fulfilling you, isn't giving you the results or the experience that you want, then by all means, work on it, try and transform it. But once that thought really digs in you know it starts to niggle away at you like the idea of am I doing the right thing am I doing the right thing don't ignore that you know Cootie mentions a couple of times about finding your purpose well you find your purpose in looking at your passions at your commitments your values and if your work isn't really aligned with those things if your relationship isn't aligned with those things then it will cause friction in your in your life in your mental health uh, it will drain you of your energy and positive uh, thoughts, let alone feelings towards others. So reinventing yourself is is vital. And uh, whether that is a career, which is the obvious one we jump to, or as Cootie mentions, it could be your fitness. As I've just said, it could be your relationship. It is always important to recognise where you're at, where you're heading, and, and what kind of life it is that you want to have. Because we only get one time round. And as dads, our kids need, we need, the legacy we need to live, leave is for our kids seeing us enjoy our life, having the best possible time ever um, and helping them realise that that is what is available for themselves also. So without further ado, enjoy this and I'll see you on the other side. Hey Cootie, good to have you here on the Team Super Dad podcast. Man, it's my pleasure, Johnny. I mean, anything that's as super as this, you know, I'm into, and, and, and also I saw like men being their best. And you see there's a BYBD across my chest. Be your best daily is my theme. Be, be your best daily is my mantra. So I feel right at home already. I know. It's so funny when, when people reach out and say, uh, 
can can Cootie come on the podcast? Here's the stuff that he does. And I'm like, so I, I get a, f- a few, right? And sometimes I listen to things they've been on before and I'm like, that person doesn't sound much fun, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's one thing, right? So, but then I saw you have your six week super you program and, you know, you mentioned about being your best and reinventing yourself. Um, these are themes that are so in, 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 um, in touch, so connected, aligned with Team Superdad. Um, for anybody uh, tuning in for the first time, welcome. Uh, we are an irresistible community of modern men creating the life that we desire, not living the life we feel stuck in. And uh, and I know from, from conversations Kuti and I have had that, that, that his story uh, fits into that perfectly. So just for some context so we can feel all, all cuddly and together Cootie where, where are you from where do you live right now I, I all right so it's- where I'm from is always a loaded question uh, my okay. parents are Nigerian my mother spent time in the UK and uh, she did uh, nursing school in Scotland so I was born in Glasgow Scotland uh, moved to London from London came to the States uh, came to the States early enough to lose my accent and um, have been in the States ever since. Pretty much have been on the East Coast, uh, the Washington, D.C. area, mostly. I've bounced around in between there, but always kind of find myself back in D.C. Yeah. And you have a a daughter, correct? I do, Emmanuel. She's amazing. Uh, Seven going on, 27. (laughs) She's gorgeous. She's the best of, you know, both of her parents. And and yeah, she's the light of my life. Yeah, I love that age. Just there's just so much innocent kind of fun around six, seven, eight. They're they're they can fully talk. They're old enough to know what they want. They you, you can enjoy a bit of a routine, favorite program, swimming, um, and there's humor and there's so much humor in, in the relationship. Yes, it's, it's amazing to watch the personality develop. Although she, although when I backtrack, it's always been there. Was even at three months old, there's a there's a twinkle in her eye that's always remained. It just has has a light on her that people that don't even know us see when they just observe her. And um, now, like you said, the, the fact that she has opinions, the fact that she can express those opinions, and especially she's at an age where she still trusts enough of what's going on around her to just be frank. Yeah. And so when love is expressed that frankly, it's disarming. Yeah, yeah. Did you find out the the sex before she was born or did No, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. As an adult, and think about this when I say it, as an adult, there are a few surprises that we get that are good. Like if somebody said, Hey Johnny, man, did you hear about James? Usually the the, the next sentence isn't he just won the lotto and he's a billionaire. It's, you know, it's like, man, he died of COVID or, you know, it's, it's always that. And so when it came down to the gender reveal, I was like, as long as this child is healthy, I would prefer to just not know until that moment. Because, uh, I, you know, I, that's one surprise you can control. Yeah. So, you know, once as long as we knew the baby was healthy, uh, you know, and matter of fact, everybody swore to us that we were going to have a boy. And when she was born, she was such a huge baby with a ton of hair that just, you know, kind of with the idea that everybody was implanting in our heads that it was going to be a boy. It's going to be I mean, people were like categorically not even trying to hear that it was going to be anything but a boy. And so when she came out and she was just diesel and she came out and I was like, oh, yeah, it's not looked. I was like, Wait, it's a girl. So I was genuinely like genuinely stunned. But then as soon as I said the word, it's a girl. It was like my life, I, I remember it now, it's like everything just froze and all, my entire intention and life's focus just right there. Boom. I got goosebumps. I remember the moment I realized, oh my gosh, one day I'm going to walk her down the aisle. I, it brought me to tears as I was driving my car. Yeah, man. I mean, there, there are always a bunch of memories that I just think of, I consciously think of now um, that I just want to make sure, like I realized how, how, deep the responsibility is as a father uh, to be present, be a factor in her life, to be, to be, to be her, her, her foundational relationship with people, let alone, you know, whoever she's romantically involved with down the line. Uh, Because what I know is even the best of us at some point, especially if you're a strong minded 
individual. At some point, you, 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 every day, you're as a as a young person. I remember doing this at least. You step an inch further away from your parents. You know, it's, even if you love them, even if you care, you just want to be your own person. But if you've done your job properly as a parent, there'll come a point where it boomerangs and you start inching back to your parents. And um, if you're fortunate enough to have that relationship, and that's the kind of relationship that I definitely want to have with my daughter. So. I, I saw, yeah. So I literally curate her life on purpose, giving her space to be herself, but um, but always just reminding her that I love her and that she, you know and that she can trust me. I love that Cootie, and I echo it so, as, as such an important thing. And uh, and I'll say this point before we move on is I when I'm working with dads and they teenage their kids becoming teenagers and they suddenly start to talk about oh I I, I don't feel like I've got a relationship with them they don't talk to me and I was like well. Have you always spoken to them? And like, what do you mean? <laughs> right. So the importance of creating that relationship when they're young, saying I love you regularly, hugging, you know, physical contact in that in that regard, um, being interested in stuff they do, knowing their dollies' names, knowing their favorite f- soccer team, football team, what kind of you know, being able to sing along to the songs that they're listening to, like it's it's tiny, but it's also huge because it's creating that connection whereby they feel that their daddy knows them, is interested in them, um, and uh, and of course that taps into creating quality time on a regular basis. Uh, it's in the Hero Academy um, around relationships, both with a partner and with our children. Is dedicate that quality time. I know. Yeah two hours a week and then a day um, every like eight weeks. And, you know, it kind of crank up. So at least once a year, you're spending a whole weekend with that, with that person one at one on one, whether it's dedicating time for your your partner or dedicating time for your children. So, so vital. Yeah, I agree. And, um, you know, it's about creating and maintaining the habit of moments moments that you can look back and touch on and, and so when things get a little shaky you can you can remember that you're the two that did fill in the blank um, while you're creating new ones uh, the time definitely matters it, it's, it's 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 one of those things that you'll blink and you'll you'll look up and you'll wonder where the time went yeah. and for kids you know a day in a seven-year-old's life is way longer than a day in our life yeah, it's just just by sheer math, yeah. you know, just by ratio. So th- those times do matter and they are significant. And and and, ju- and if you just think about it, one thing that I've been blessed and maybe even cursed with is I have a very succinct memory of my youth. Like I can go through. I mean, I'm talking like from very young, like pre toddler. I can remember specific things, and so I always do my best to to be my best at remembering what it was like to be a kid so that I don't put my adult biases and tendencies and, and things that I take for granted as an adult on my kid. I try to remember, okay, when I was seven, how much did whatever my dad was listening to, no matter how cool it may have been, ultimately, how much did it really matter to me then? How much, how, how cool was it really to me as a seven-year-old? You know, how much in, more important was watching a cartoon than doing my homework? Like, I try to remember those things and then still curate her in the right direction, but understand that uh, she's a kid. Yeah, yeah. The little things matter, yeah. Well, that sort of segues really neatly into being present to who we are and what we're doing and the reward, like the personal reward that that gives us. One of the themes that's very central to all your work is about reinventing yourself. Correct. Correct. I tell you all the time, you know, people don't see it as such, but when it dawned on me that every single person that comes to me as a client is actually seeking a reinvention. They might be someone who I used to be so fit and so strong. I morphed into this person that I don't recognize in the mirror and I need to reinvent who I am right now, whether it's to reinvent myself back into someone who's in shape or reinvent my energy or reinvent my body mass, whatever it is, or my mindset. Like I just, I'm not motivated. I need to become a motivated person. There's a transition. And in that transition is reinvention. And 
the way that people hear, I, mean, I definitely want to come back to that, but, but the way that people normally hear reinvention is just career, isn't it? It's like, oh, I'm not doing what I want to do, so I'm going to do something else. You made a significant career change. I can see behind you for anyone watching on the lives. We got some of Cootie's uh, music uh, career memorabilia. Um, you were you were pretty successful in the music industry, moving around the states for your work, and not feeling that you were really doing what you were called to do. Yeah, uh, the industry changed. Um, you know, I'm old enough. I'll be I'll be 50 in May. Uh, what? So, yes, and so <laughs> and so um, so the music industry. I've seen it go through some stuff, and it was the 90s where I really you know got in and, and locked into the music business and had been rolling ever since. And I still have some connections to it as we speak, but um, the industry went through a di- uh, uh, industrial revolution with the digital age. Yeah. And so when MP3s and Napster and streaming and all that stuff started, the, the music industry was not prepared for it. And so in that, a lot of stuff changed in terms of just the, who had the power. Like when I got in the business, on we as the record companies, I was a suit. So we, we as the record companies had the power. We could dictate when and where you heard the music, what and who you heard, et cetera, et cetera. When you got it, distribution, all of that. Now a record can be made in, in someone's basement, thrown on SoundCloud and go viral. Yeah. And the late and the industries have to chase that. And they sort of corralled it a little bit. But there was a nasty transition in there. And, and so all of that contributed to the gig becoming not what it was. And in some instances, one thing it did was it devalued the game. So now the premium for music, you know, like, like now you can pay $12.99 and just stream stuff at, you know, at nauseum. Whereas back in the day, you had to buy every single purchased every single sing every album so the money changed the work did not and um and in that i found myself transitioning within the industry even reinventing myself a number of times i was an on-air personality on satellite radio i did a little bit of tv i did uh i did management which is probably the last thing that i embarked upon as far as like music industry vocations but for the most part i I was an artist for a while I, I, i wrote, recorded, produced my own and records for others and, and performed. <laughs> so, you know, so we did all of that stuff. And, um, but ultimately when I got in, it was at its zenith in terms of being lucrative, fun, wide open. Yeah. And then the, you know, that you could still make money in the business just like anything else, but it's just not the way we used to. But there came a point where you started to question was is this career serving me anymore? What would I really be doing if I was doing what I wanted to do, which yeah. led you to your fitness and your nutrition work and to, and to what is now also your motivational speaking and inspirations. Yes. When you find out what your purpose is, then you find out what aligns with your purpose. And for me, I found that my purpose was helping. Now, when I was in the industry, when I was in the music industry before I did feel like I was helping people because everywhere I showed up, People would be happy to see the artists that I had with me or to hear the new music that I was presenting or getting on the radio or getting videos played. Or even when I was performing, you know, people would come to the show and be entertained. And when that didn't seem to be as much of the case um, and I wasn't so I'm not even I don't feel like I'm purveying music that's. Oh, just to cut in as well, can we not drop some names? Like, who are you hanging out with? Like, who? who oh are you? man, jeez. Um, so, whew, the quick in, in the very beginning, one of the one of the peak things that, that kickstarted my career was I was uh, part of Bad Boy Records, which was Sean Puff Daddy Combs, P Diddy, yeah. um, and so that was Notorious Big, that was Faith, that was Craig Mack, that was uh, this group called Total. Um, 112. I, and I did, I, I kind of found myself being with them, leaving for a couple of years, coming back. And when I came back, it was uh, Carl Thomas, still a great friend. Um, uh, gosh, Shine. I, I, I've worked with a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've worked yeah. with legends like Barry White and Sting. I've worked with, um, 
I, I consulted Prince, you know, and yeah, he's one of my favorite artists of all time. And to actually have the opportunity to not only meet him on a couple different occasions, yeah. but at one point actually sit and give him career trajectory advice was an out-of-body experience. Wow. <laughs> um, you know, I worked with Whitney Houston, uh, God bless the dead. Um, I've worked with uh Big Pun, the, the greatest Latin rapper ever. Yep. I've worked with uh, Q-Tip, Outkast. I worked with Outkast, oh, great man. guys. You know, one of the greatest rap groups ever in the history. And that's the one thing. I worked with Mint Condition, another great band. You know, one of the things that I really loved about my career and still love, not even love past tense, is that I grew up being fans of certain people. And then I got into business at an early enough age that I actually got a chance to work with some of the people that I was a fan of. Wu Tang Clan, Mob Deep, um, they're all just kind of coming to mind now. Um, and and Amy Winehouse, um, and and so be a fan of somebody, and then work with them, and work with them at their career zenith. Be a part of the the movement, yeah. the 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 program, the, the 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 plan that actually set them on the highest of stages that they had ever been on. And so to be able to do that, um, look behind me. Who do I got? I got Usher. I got Pitbull. Little John. Uh, Pete Rock, Sting, Santana, uh, right. Tony Braxton, that's, that's, Angie Stone. Oh, Angie Stone. Everyone loves oh, it. Naughty by Nature, TLC. You know, so, so, so here's the thing, yeah? This is what we're going to get some add some value to people is you've got this career that has given you so much and has, has been fun, rewarding, joyous, like experience, meeting amazing people. People take too long though to realize that they've got to transition that they've got to reinvent themselves so if someone's struggling with i I used to like this but i think i'll now i I can see a place for me where i'm going to retrain as a fitness coach retrain Mm -hmm. as a nutritional expert and guide you you had to you had to break out of the old leave the old behind and 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 become the new many doesn't matter if it's men or women but we're talking about dads many men will feel like that's what they need to do but they're too scared to make the jump like what can you say to those people about making the jump what i can say is i absolutely understand where you're at um while i've been fortunate enough to transition and reinvent a number of times all through life i would be lying if i said that i reinvented with intention and boldness every single time. A lot of times situations just dictated it and I had no choice but to figure it out. And there were times where I did take, depending on who you asked, longer to make those decisions than I should have. Yeah. So if, but what I'll tell you from experience is this, when you understand your purpose, when you understand who you are, right? If you pursue something that rhymes with that, even if it doesn't totally work out, the step forward in that direction will always benefit you. In the very least, what you'll find if you step forward and trip up is that, okay, that's not for me. And and you'll know no matter what anybody around you pushes you to do or not do, you'll know that I ain't going back to that. No way, no how, because it's not for me. I know it's not for me because I've tasted it for myself. Um, But understand, understand that fear is something that I just now, I'm talking like just, this is 2021. I just have have come to grips with why we have this, why we have that emotion. And it's it's a self-protective mechanism, but I want to remind you that anything that you're afraid of, Unless it actually ends you. So whatever it is that you're that you're trying to keep alive, if it unless it ends what you're trying to keep alive, it's not nearly as bad as you anticipate it to be. Yeah. Think about like when you were in school and and you're um, you're given an assignment and it seems like this huge assignment. So you just keep pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off. And finally, it's due tomorrow. You have no choice but to start on it. You spend all night working on it. You spend all night working on it and you get it done and you get a decent grade on it. You know, you get a decent mark on it. And what I started to realize when I was in college, I was like, you know what? If I just had stepped into it with that intention six weeks ago, 
Yeah. I could have either done it six weeks ago in one night, or I could have parceled it into small little manageable bite-sized portions of work and just kind of chipped away at it and been done with it with zero stress. Yeah. And that's but, the factor is zero stress. Over those six weeks, you'd have been carrying confidence, momentum, positive energy, as opposed to the anxiety of it's got to be done. It's got to be done. I've got less time. I've got less time. I'm thinking about it now as a personal trainer and nutritionist to keep my certifications up. I have to do these uh, biannual recertifications and I can either do this one huge test or like a zillion of these small quizzes. Right. So I usually what I what I done was what I just said you shouldn't do. You take a weekend and just hunker down and just for hours on end, just do these bloody tests. Right. Now, what I'm what I'm doing this time is I just said a thing. I said, you know, if I just do two of these a day. In about it'll take maybe 40 minutes stress free while I'm watching TV and I can knock these things out because I know the material. So I just knock these things out. And when it comes time for the due date, I'll just effortlessly have done it as opposed to just that marathon session where I don't want anybody disturbing me. And if I, and I can't get tired because if I get tired, then I'm going to fall asleep. And then the due date's going to arrive before I can turn in my materials. No, I'm just doing two today and I'll just leave it alone. I'll do two tomorrow. I'll leave it alone. And I've almost completed my, my certification actually two weeks early because I just, no stress. I just said, you know what? I'll just do these while I, you know, everybody's got 40 minutes, just block off 40 minutes and I just do it. So Walking into the same scenario that used to give me consternation, that used to give me stress, that used to give me just fear and palpitation. It's like, oh, I, I can do that. It's not going to kill me. I've done this before. There are so many things. And if you and if you're embarking upon a situation that feels that is just that insurmountable or you're in the middle of it right now. What I want you to remember is I want you to stop for a second. Whoever's watching this, stop. And I want you to think about the absolute worst thing that has ever happened to you in your life. I'll wait. Stop for a second. Just think about it. Even you, Johnny. The I'm worst things ever happen to you. Think about it for a second. All right. You got it in your head. Yeah. Okay. Now the fact that you can think about it means that you already passed it. The, the you can means that you can look back on it and remember how it felt when you were in it. Remember how just devastating it was. Remember how much it just absolutely bloody sucked. Right. But you're here now. I'm on your show now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's the same you. It's the same you. So you you're a survivor. You it's, it's proven. It's proven already in your life. It's already proven. So when you're when you when you step up to a situation and there's fear, I understand it. <laughs> I, I trust me. I absolutely understand it. And now for me, what I'm doing is I'm looking in the future. Like, okay, for the first time, I'm like, I don't know what tomorrow holds between COVID and all these other things going on. I don't know what tomorrow holds. But what I do know is that I hold today. And all I got to do is be my best today. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do that too. It's such a simple mantra or foundation for people to put into their thought process um left to our own devices i know we'll come up with negative thoughts concerns fears doubts stress too busy like it's 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 like the worst self-flagellation or you know you know kicking ourselves in the butt constantly um our brain, what it is to be human, will do that to us. But to have those kind of mantras, have those routines, have those strategies to manage our time and our and 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 our habits better, we can be our best and remove so many of those stresses that people worry about. Um, uh, but it is a little bit of action and and motivation. And I mean, talking about if we you know if we switch this into the fitness side of things, people, people's personal success, their health and well-being, the results they want in life. So I see it and I bring it into the Hero Academy and we've got our daily sweat inside of Team Superdad, like to encourage people, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, 
eat better, sleep well, do some exercise, because whatever's going on, you're going to feel better from doing those things. And, not and only so many people struggle to do them. Yeah. So where, it, when you can say to someone, oh, the benefits of this are that you're going to, you're going to have more energy. You're going to think more clearly. You're going to be less snappy with people. You're going to be more creative. You're going to, um, you're going to get more done. You're going to be more productive. Like the benefits just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. But yet people still will opt for the unhealthy lifestyle and the sticking with the job they don't love. Um, how, as people are listening to this, they'll be resonating with some of that. How can people start to move towards achieving these things, having a healthier lifestyle, thinking more positively and starting to create the life that they desire? What, what do you do with your clients to, to, to take them on that journey? So uh, what I do with my clients, I arm them with three things. I arm them with superfoods, super, super fats, yeah. and super moves. Superfoods are the foods that while there's a whole bunch of healthy foods, there are some foods within even the healthy food spectrum that are healthier than others. There's some yeah. foods that get you where you want to go on your program. And there's some foods that will take you off your program. I don't like saying good and bad foods. I love food too much. So there are foods that it's, so superfoods are the ones that take you on program as efficiently as possible. The super facts are the information that I give that, that back up why I tell you whatever I'm telling you to do, whether it's exercise or nutrition. And the super moves are the exercises that allow you to get this thing done Again, the most efficiency, efficiently. There's a ton of exercises out there. But I like to find the exercises that history has shown me and people in general can get you there as quickly as possible. Because like you mentioned, there's so many things bombarding us that time tends to be one of those resources. It's actually the only resource that's just absolutely finite. Like, you know, like you lose a minute, you lost a minute, no matter what happens. You lose a dollar, you can make two. So what I give my clients you know, what I always say is start with the food first. You okay, so give us, give, us some, give us some of these superfoods. What's, right, what's so super? So one of my favorite superfoods is actually, it's actually a method of consuming the food, which is juicing. I like juicing. Oh, love I juice. Like, so love so juice. Not, not making a smoothie, no, not no. making a blender, but a juicer. Yeah. We put them in the machine, pulp comes out one end, liquid comes out the other. Now, if you juice spinach and cucumber. That's the simplest one. There are, there's a zillion vegetables you can juice, yeah. but just juice spinach and cucumber. And if you don't mind the taste of ginger, a little fresh ginger, but you don't need to have the ginger. Spinach and cucumber is my BYBD basic recipe. If you do that within 90 minutes of waking up, eight to, tw- eight to 10 ounces or eight to 12 ounces rather, within 90 minutes of waking up without having consumed anything else other than maybe water and do it one more time throughout the course of the day and do that twice a day without fail. What you will find within 10 to 11 days that if you don't notice a change in you, somebody around you will. OK. And why that is, is because most of the time, even when we think we're doing the right thing, even when we think we're eating healthy, the first thing that you ingest in the day, aside from water, is your first is the way you break your fast. Hence, it's called breakfast. Right. Because you, you are asleep for some hours. You haven't eaten or drinking or eaten or drunk, drank a thing. So that is that is a fast, whether you know it or not. So people talk about intermittent fasting. Anyone who goes to sleep intermittently fast. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so you break your fast in the morning. What you break your fast with, aside from water, is going to define how your body chooses to chase energy for the rest of the day. So if you give yourself sugar, i.e. carbs, i.e. a muffin, bagel, bread, um, any of that kind of stuff, pancakes, if oatmeal even. If you give yourself carbs in the morning, caffeine in the morning, uh, uh, refined sugar, processed sugar in the morning. That's why you find yourself chasing that caffeine buzz around 2, 2 p.m. That's why you find yourself crashing. That's why you find yourself snacking on carbs at night because you're chasing what you gave yourself as cheap energy. And your body's a very efficient machine. If you give it what it needs, it'll function properly. If you give it, if you don't give it what it needs, it's going to look for whatever the next best thing is to convert to energy. And that typically is sugar. Now, If you on a cellular level have fortified yourself nutritionally, you fortified yourself against stress, you fortified yourself against fatigue, you fortified yourself against being uh, foggy minded, your body is 
tuned and ready to go. It's the difference between putting 93 octane petrol in your car versus putting 87 or even alcohol in your gas tank. You put alcohol in the gas tank and the car will run, but it's going to kaput very shortly. And most of us are putting alcohol in our gas tank, not pure petroleum. I love juicing. I've, I've been on the whole juicing journey of, of, of I had a, a Nutra bullet and so it was all quite thick and I was like, okay, nice, but I feel quite bloated. Then I had a, a centrifugal juicer, uh, right? where, where it just kind of zizzes everything there. Yeah. Now I've got the, the, the masticating or the, or the, That's a, I'm glad you made that point. A masticating juicer is the one that you want. Number one, the juices are healthier. They last longer. And another key that people have to remember is don't juice your fruit. Don't juice your fruit. Eat your fruit. Juice your vegetables. So I can't even put one apple in? No. Ah. No. Because here's the deal. (laughs) The body processes sugar as sugar, whether it's table sugar, a candy bar, or sugar from fruit. Now, the thing that makes juicing so effective is that it gets nutrition to your bloodstream 10 to 15 minutes flat faster than anything else because your body doesn't have to metabolize the fiber. Now, if we're addicted to sugar, like I just talked about before, the alcohol in your, in your yeah. gas tank, and you put an apple in, you know what you're mainlining to your bloodstream along with the nutrition that that apple has? The sugar from it. Exactly. It's, it's a good it's sugar, but it's still people sugar. People yeah. will be on a juicing kick and they'll have that fruit in there and they'll find it. They'll, they'll do better for a while because it's already healthier than what they've been doing. But then at some point they hit the wall. And they have the cravings and they crack and they start doing all these things. They can't figure out why, because I'm juicing. You're juicing fruit. That's okay. Okay. So I'm going to juice with zero fruit. I always have a way higher percentage of veg than fruit, but okay. Mm -hmm. Eat your fruit. Eat the, eat the apple, drink the, drink the veg. Okay, good. So let's talk about the, the workout. We'll come, we'll put the facts back in the, in the middle, right? In a minute. But uh, super dad workout. I've, because I do park run in the UK, which is a free 5k run. Anyone can do it. There's a guy that wins and a guy that loses and no one cares really what the time was for either of them and everybody else in the middle. And so for the team super dad workout, the super dad workout, I was like, it's got to be something that anyone can do anywhere. It's got to be something that can evolve where you don't feel bad on day one that you can only do five press ups Mm -hmm. and you do feel awesome on day 62 when you're chasing down your 50th press up. Mm -hmm. So it's three reps. Uh, press ups, sit ups, and super burpees with the press up and then the jump, jump mm-hmm. on. Um, I know from from some of the PTs that are involved with Team Super Dad, have to be careful with the sit ups. Give people appropriate exercises for back pain or anything like that. So it could be a plank or it could be a crunch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we do three of those, rest for a minute, then three more, rest, and then three more. So the whole thing is done within twelve minutes. You don't need any equipment. You can do it wherever, and you end up, I am blowing. Despite the fact I am fit as hell, those super burpees kill me. Yes. And now I, I can do 14 in a minute. I still can't get 15 in a minute. But um, the number of press-ups that I'm doing has grown massively from February to here, mm-hmm. where now my record for all in one go, no knees, is 56. Nice. So I'm close to 60. And that, which You'll get is, it. You'll get it. But that as a, as a set of exercises for someone, I can do that anywhere, anytime. You know, is that enough of it? What can you say about getting a minimal amount of exercise in each day to transform your level of fitness? Not become super fit or win a race, but to be an age-appropriate level of fitness as a dad so that you can enjoy life, enjoy work, enjoy time with your kids. You're hitting the nail right on the head. We're, we're, we're simpatico in this. And this is why I so, this is why I'm so happy I'm on this platform. Because <laughs> so what I'll remind you, I think I've said it earlier today, any step towards improvement is an improvement. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as, as we get, as we're fortunate enough to get older in life, what you'll realize when you look around is, just the fact that you're trying is already going to put you in a separate category. It's like you talked about that part, that, that, um, that free um, part, that 5k part. Just the fact that you're out there, what you'll find is that whoever came in last is out there, but they're last of the group that came out there. And there's a whole 
universe of people who are not even doing that. Cootie, I love that. I say the fat kid that came last just beat every other kid that didn't run. That didn't run. Yeah, so, yeah. If, so if you're doing this stuff, that's amazing. Now I'll say this officially, because my super moves, I have the same kind of thing. If you go to my Instagram, it's at Cootie Mac. And um, I have, if you go hashtag Friday finishers, you'll see okay. these workouts that I put on there and they're complete either total body workouts or, or body specific body part specific workouts that only take anywhere from six minutes on down. And so if you do the method that I like to use the most is the Tabata method. I didn't invent this method, but I'd love to, to utilize it where you do an exercise, whatever it is, as intensely, but safely, as intensely as you can for 20 seconds, just give it all you got and then rest absolutely for 10 seconds and do that eight times. You pick whatever it is. You, you make it your super burpees. You make it your push-ups. You make it your squats. You make it whatever it is. Just as absolutely all out as you can go for 20 seconds because everybody has 20 seconds of energy in them, no matter how tired you are. And then 10 seconds of rest is just enough for you to collect your breath two or three times and your, and your system to calm down and then do it again. At the end of those four minutes, actually, I'd say somewhere around set five, <laughs> You'll be like, man, how long is 20 seconds and how short is 10 and when is this going to be over? But when it's all said and done, you will feel and actually not only feel, but be completely worked out, completely worked out at whatever move you were doing. And you have only spent four minutes exercising. And if you did that once a day, you're good. It's scientifically proven. It's scientifically proven that your cardio and your strength will improve. As if you had run a 30 minute 5K, as if you had been in the gym for 40 minutes. If you just do that 20 and 10, eight times, one time a day. Now you can do more than that, but you can at least do that and know that you're making a positive change. Yeah. And I just, I talk about the daily sweat because in my dark times, as I was rebuilding myself, I literally felt the anxiety the stress the upset the heartbreak i literally felt it sweating out of me like if they could have made it a you know like if, if, if they could have shine a light on it and seen it it would have been like i'd have been sweating pain like you know it would have been a a, a, a you know a yucky color it would have been like but it was coming out of me because it needed to come out of me and yeah stress is real stress is real and um and i've you know, I, I went through something uh, with my father. He had gone to really poor health a few years ago, and I spent the whole year basically saving his life. And it was some of the most, it was one of the most harrowing experiences that I had been through as an adult. And in that moment, I palpably could feel the stress and the adrenaline and the cortisol. I could feel it coursing through my veins. And it was, it was, it was a, it was a sensation that I don't like to be, I don't like to be acquainted with. But since then, I've had it come up when some other extreme situations have hit my life where I can realize right now, like, oh, my goodness, like I'm really even if I'm looking as cool as a fan on the outside, I'm in touch with my body enough now to even know when it is chemically reacting to stress. And so being able to control that or being able to mitigate it or being able, like you're saying, to release it via something like exercise is a blessing and it's a gift and it's necessary because stress is one of the, one of the three things that will make sure that you get sick. Stress, lack of rest, lack of nutrition. Anytime you even just catch a simple cold, if you analyze those three facets of your life, what you will see is that one of those things, if not two, if not all three are out of line. Yeah. And this is the kind of facts you're talking about as the third. That's a super fact. Yep. You nailed it. I like you, man. No, we're on the same path. And like, I want all dads to realize, all men to realize that the life that we desire, that we feel like has been taken away from us, is feel like we're bogged down by the stresses of life. Actually, when you start to pull it towards you, like moving a train, it's like it's hard to get it out of the station, but then it's going to pick up. It's going to yeah, pick and that's the thing. Like you know, even as I pull through stressful, stressful situations as I speak, what I realize is I I am fortunate that I realize that no matter how nasty it feels, no matter how dark it looks, no matter how much I have no clue what the next moment holds for me, that it is indeed as long as I'm as long as I wake up with the opportunity 
to be my best today, that it indeed will be something that at some point will pass. It's like when you're running that 5K, you know, for me, early on in my 5K career, mile two, 2.2 miles, at the 2.2 mile mark, something would always just kind of hit me where it'd be like, man, I can't do this. I'm going to stop. <laughs> this, is, this is it. I, I, I can't make it to two and a half miles. Yeah. And once I figured out how to press through that, the beauty of it was I'd see the finish line and I'd have this kick. And when I got there, I'd be mad that I had so much kick because it means that I wasted some energy earlier, but I digress. But when I crossed the finish line, no matter how tired or whatever I felt, it was like, oh, okay. So then when I didn't die, <laughs> that's what informs every time I hit that mode, even if I'm everything's cruising, something hits me and says, oh man, you're tired. It's like, Bro, you, you've done this before. You will survive. Whatever you're feeling right now, it, it feels very real to you. But but ignore that alarm because you know that the finish line is only, even if you walk from this point, the finish line is only 10 minutes up the road. So you can make 10. You've got 10 minutes in you. Give it give keep it your all. Keep die it. by uh, one of the, my coaches who I love dearly. Die. You can die at the finish line is what he would say. <laughs> and, the thing is, and you typically won't. Now, I will say, be no, no, I've actually, you know, unfortunately, I, I had a dear friend pass away running a 5K, died at the finish line. I, okay. You know, I didn't mean it literally. <laughs> but, but, but my point is, so it's not that it can't happen, but my point is, generally speaking, generally speaking, and, and I'll say even to that, God bless him, but it was if he was going to go, he was going to go. You know what I mean? So when it's your time to go, let that take care of itself. But in the meantime, as long as you have life in your hands, you've got to You've got to live it. You've got to live it. You can't. You, you, you're, you're take, you've got to live it. There's a reason why you're here as long as you are here. I don't know. With all this health stuff, I could step out on the street right now and get hit by a car and it'd be over today. But what I know is right now, as I'm talking to you, Johnny, that I've got an opportunity to just remind every other guy out there watching that you've got your opportunity today to be your best today. Let's say the day's already started. It's just been horrible. You can start your day over right now. In 24 hours from now, that'll be your best day. And once you've had your best day, right, look at what you did to make it your best day and repeat that the next day. After you repeat that seven times, you might have your best week. And if you repeat that four times, you'll have your best month. And if you repeat that 12 times, you'll have your best year. And if you repeat that 10 times, you'll have your best decade. But it all starts with just making sure that today, what you do know, what you do have, what you do see, what you can control, you do your best with. That's be your best daily. I, uh, I wish I'd I wish I'd got you to say that at the beginning. That was that's beautifully simple, and it cuts across so many different layers of fitness habit, routine, um, motivation, dedication. It's just a very very simple reminder of you can create in a, in a moment what you want to achieve in a, in a decade. Yeah, because I mean ex- exactly because if you think about it, the day starts at midnight, but most yeah. of us are asleep at midnight. So our day doesn't start till we get up and decide it's going to start, right? Exactly. So why can't it start now? Beautiful. Listen, Cootie, I'm going to uh, keep track of your diary and your schedule because I know time is up for you. Uh, just briefly. Just again. Oh, man, I've got so many ideas of what we can do uh, do, do again. Uh, I've put your website up a couple of times. For, for people on the podcast, it's B-Y-B-D, Be Your Best Daily. Uh-huh fitness so bybfitness.com that's good Mm -hmm. um i can put that up again just as we finish here that's good and if instagram Um, is a thing you can hit me at kuti mac k-u-t-i-m-a-c-k matter of fact if you're listening to me uh today and um anything really struck your fancy and you just want to talk about it for 15 minutes i'll gladly give you a free consultation just hit me in the dms um go hashtag johnny and just send that to my DMs and uh, I will give you, because you watched us here, I'll give you a 15 free minute conversation and we'll just see if we can sort something out and help you be your best that day. Yeah, mega. Well, listen, I'm going to let you go, but we'll, uh, we'll talk about the super dad workout. We'll do a joint session together. We'll, uh, we'll do a, do a part of this podcast. Uh, and just for the record, I can't believe you're nearly 50, dude. You're looking, <laughs> looking good. <laughs> Juicing, man. I'm telling you, do it. Okay. 
Kuti, it's been a real pleasure. We'll see you again. Uh, I look forward to that on the Team Superdad podcast. I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. Kuti and I have already got plans to chat again, work together. You know, when you meet people in life that resonate with you, that are on the same wavelength, that have the same outlook, same goals, uh, it's so powerful. It's so powerful to create that connection and, and explore what's possible, uh, either just as a friend or as a, as, a, as a work associate, business partner. Heck, falling in love and asking someone to marry you. Like, don't let those chances go by. It's We are uh, in a X, X billion people on this planet, uh, which means that in amongst us all, there's going to be people that we connect with on a deeper level and people that we don't connect with uh, at all. So be sure to hook up with the right ones. Uh, Kuti uh, is uh, is just a great guy, basically. And, uh, and that's what this is all about. Team Superdad and the Hero Academy is about putting yourself around other great men, around like-minded dads who are creating a life for themselves that they want, creating a relationship, creating the body, creating the business. It's not that you need a huge amount more knowledge it's just actually applying what you already know adjusting your habits and routines so that you can be as effective as you want and what we find as humans is that on our own it's very unlikely that we'll see that through that we'll stick to it so put yourself in an environment where success is demanded of you where accountability is present where fun and laughter and connection is available. And as well as your success, one of the other important, the most important elements of that is that you don't then have those demands, those needs, you don't put them on your relationship because it isn't really fair, it isn't really right that your partner has to be your lover, your friend, your motivator, your coach, your support network, like don't put that on them. Allow that to come from other people so you can just get on with making memories, having a laugh, filling your relationship with passion um, and really being the team that you need to be uh, to create the relationship of your dreams. So I hope you've enjoyed this. Share it, subscribe, leave us a review. Come and join the Team Superdad group and community at teamsuperdad.com forward slash group. And I look forward to uh, you joining me on the next podcast. Take care. Bye. Team Superdad out. This has been Team Superdad. Find us at teamsuperdad.com. Join the program and create the best life ever for you and your children. You are not alone. You're on Team Superdad. Dad.